Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. We all feel better. The creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. And now our featured presentation. I remember being incredibly strong. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead, and he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Doc Bruce Banner, belted by gamma rays, turns into the Hulk. Ain't he unglamorous? Wrecking the town with the power of a bull. He's no monster clown who is as lovable as ever-loving Hulk. 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 This is why we don't have this singing podcast. <laughs> Now, if we have any listeners still listening, right. can we do the introduction? Let's do it. I'm Tom DJ. And I'm Derek Ferguson. And we're coming back yet again. We're almost finished, folks. I know this was supposed to be the last episode, but we realized something. There's a lot of Hulk crap out there. Tom and I was talking on the phone last night because before we do our recording sessions, we call each other the night before and go over what we're going to do. Tom quite wisely pointed out to me that since there was so much information about the Hulk in order to do this properly, and yes, appearances to the contrary, we do like to do it right, that the Hulk deserved his own episode. This is now episode five of Marvel at the Movies. Yep. The next to last one, and it is covering the Emerald Giant himself, Dr. Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Yay! Shall we begin? Because we got a lot of things we to cover. We have a lot of things to go over, so we might as well dispense with the preliminaries right. and just dive right in. You know how we talked in episode three, was it? The yeah. X-Men episode about how the X-Men were one of the very few failures of Stan Lee's? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to meet the first, the first one. failure. Yeah. The Hulk was the third Marvel superhero book, and the first one to be canceled. And the first one to be... Five, was it five or five six? Five or six issues, I believe. Um, originally was Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, originally, the Hulk was gray. Yep. The reason they decided to switch it to green was because the gray was making it so muddy you couldn't see the detail of the, the artwork. Right. It was the Hulk kind of bled into the background. Yes. Inspired very heavily by the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Dr. myth. Jekyll. Dr. Bruce Banner. Robert is Bruce Banner. Robert Bruce Banner, as we learned later, because of Kenneth Johnson decided that Bruce Banner decided to fay. You're thinking about the movie version. I'm thinking about the television version. Right, the yeah. TV version. That's why and, he became from being com- Bruce Banner to being Robert Bruce Banner. In the comic book... He's just Bruce he, Banner. No, he's Robert Bruce Banner. Stanley made a mistake and called him Robert in one issue okay. and Bruce in another one. So then, instead of just saying he made a mistake, he was Robert Bruce. But okay. Bruce is his middle name, yeah. Okay, but everybody calls him Bruce. Right, everybody calls him Bruce. This milk toast guy who's kind of maybe got something going with Betty Ross, the daughter of his boss. General, General Thunderbolt. Th- Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. When he sees Little Rick Jones drive out onto a test site. In his 1950s jalopy. Yeah. Oh, it's 
very obviously a 50s-style comic book strip. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was published in the 60s. Dr. Banner goes to save him, Rick, but he doesn't know that his assistant, Igor, is a spy and is trying to kill him. And why is he a spy? Because... Dr. Banner is working on the Gamma Bomb, which is a device that is so horrifyingly powerful that it makes the hydrogen bomb look like yes. a firecracker. So he gets caught in the explosion and becomes the Hulk. He absorbs a tremendous amount of gamma radiation that miraculously does not kill him. But hours later, when night falls... Although that was a big plot hole that Bill Mantlow, of all people, sealed up. Mm-hmm. In the last issue of his run, mm-hmm. he wrote a whole lot of Hulk. Well, almost pretty much most of the 70s. Yeah. He was the Hulk writer. I think until... Uh, until, until John Byrne uh, took until over. Until Peter David came over. And then Peter David had the longest run of today, of, which was over 10 years. But I believe yeah. that Mantlow had the second one. Yes, longest. he has yeah, the second longest. In his last issue, he revealed that Bruce's father was an abusive husband and father, mm-hmm. was a scientist in New Mexico... And in fact, had experimented on Bruce, which was picked up for the, in the movie, movie. Yes, which was, a concept. Which was ex- the rationale for why Doctor Banner becomes the Hulk and other people don't. Although a whole lot of people, as we find out later on, get exposed <laughs> to gamma radiation <laughs> and become superhumans. The Hulk, even though he was canceled very quickly, Stanley didn't give up on him. He no. started showing up in the Fantastic Four and in Spider-Man. Ultimately, he was put into one of the what they call the split books. Back in the '60s, <coughs> mm-hmm. the distribution arm was owned by DC Comics, so DC decided to keep this newcomer Marvel in line by restricting them to only publishing 12 books a a month. And the way Stan got around that was by creating a series of what he called split Split books, books. where two different series would share the same book. And, well, like 10-page stories. Yeah, each one. Each character, right. So Tales of Astonish featured the Hulk and and Submariner. Tales of Suspense featured Iron Man and Captain America. America. And Strange, Strange Tales, Tales featured Doctor Strange and the Human oh, Torch. The Human Torch, right. Then Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is when I started my love affair with the character. Right. Basically, the Hulk was shunted into Tales from Astonish and went from Jack Kirby artwork to Steve Ditko artwork to Don Heck artwork. Mm-hmm. And then Gil Kane and Gene Colan had a Gene rather Colan. lengthy run. Right. It was during this time that Gantre Lawrence, who is the name that is familiar to people who have been following the Marvel at the movie series, decided to do a package called the Marvel Superheroes. This lasted from 1966 to 1967. Superpower oh, from su- the point there you go. to the toes. Watch them change their very <laughs> shape before you're no- Okay, I'm not going to so, say anymore, I promise. What? But that was a catchy yes. theme song. Here in New York, it was actually showing in prime, in prime time. In prime time, yeah. They I remember sh- as a right. kid, 7.30. On, I think it was Sunday nights. The Hulk was one of five characters chosen to be a part of the Marvel Superheroes Hour. Right. Dr. Banner, melted by gamma rays, turned into the Hulk. Ain't he unglamorous? Reckon the town with the power of a bull. Ain't so monster clown, who is as lovable as ever-loving Hulk? Hulk, Hulk. The story goes, I and mean, I think we've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. that Marvel called up Gantry Lord and said, okay, we're going to send you over a bunch of comics. Yeah. <laughs> Has guidelines. Oh, they took it literally. And man. Gantry Lawrence, maybe it's because they're Canadian. Once again, folks, 
What is it about Canada? What is it about Canada? You realize Jen is going to get pissed off at us one of these days. Yeah. Jen from Amazing Spider Cast. Yeah, they actually took panels from mm-hmm. the comic books and they kind of did this weird thing yeah. where they shifted them across the right. screen. So there's really no animation to speak of. And the characters would stand in these yeah. Kirby poses and only their lips would move. Mm. It was weird. And much like the Spider Man series that we talked about in episode one that Gantry Lawrence produced. The voice talents were all done by Canadians in a studio in, I think it was Ontario. Some of the names I have here, Paul Simon played both Bruce Banner and Rick Jones. Peg Dixon played Betty Ross. Paul Kligman played Thunderbolt Ross. And Mac Ferguson played the Hulk. The stories were incredibly faithful. They were actually well, the actual they, stories. They were the actual stories. The Hulk part of this package contained also stories from the Avengers. Right. The origin of the Avengers and the story with the space fans. And Marvel Superior is available on DVD. I haven't got it yet. I want to get it, but you know something? I don't want it to spoil my memories that right. I have of what it was. Well, they, they reintroduced it into syndication back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. On WPIX, and I remember watching it, and I was a little bit surprised at how cheesy it was. Yeah, when you're a kid, you're just so excited to see your superheroes right. on the screen. You don't care what it looks like, but then when you get older, then of course you get jaded. Because I was looking at it in the store, and Patricia, my wife, says, "Oh, go ahead and get it." I said, "No, yeah. son, no is it like an expensive set?" Or? Nah, it was pretty cheap. We were what Walmart. I think okay. it was less than twenty bucks. Some things that you enjoyed in the past should stay. In, in many cases. This is the only time we got to see some of these characters animated. Never seen a Thor animated series. Never. Never seen a Submariner animated series. Never seen a Captain America animated series Which is either. pretty damn good. Although, of course, we've seen these characters show up as guest stars in other shows. That lasted two years. At which point, Gantry Lawrence started focusing solely on the 67 Spider-Man series. We got to see nothing of the Hulk until the middle 70s. We've talked about this during our Fantastic Four and Spider-Man episodes. Universal made a deal with Marvel Comics to adapt a series of their characters to the small screen with the idea that these would be pilots. The names that were chosen were The Hulk, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain America, and a combo which was going to be Submariner and the Human Torch which never got made because of the failure of the Wonder Woman series and The Man from Atlantis. The Incredible Hulk was done by Kenneth Johnson, a very well-known television producer. Very highly successful television. He changed a lot of it because he wanted to make it more adult-friendly. He felt that it was more realistic for Banner to be a research scientist and not to have this whole thing with the military. One of the weirder changes he did was he changed Bruce Banner's name to David Banner because Bruce was considered too feminine by him. If you look at that movie, and look closely, because there is a mm-hmm. scene where Bill Bixby goes to visit his own graveyard, yeah. and you will see that on it is David Bruce, Bruce Banner, Banner right. so they still got the name in there anyway. The pattern that they decided to use for this TV series mm-hmm. is The Fugitive. So this first TV movie not only introduces us to David Banner, mm-hmm. but introduces us to Jack McGee, investigative reporter, reporter. who acts as you know, the inspector to the Hulk's thief in this Les Miserables. He starts nosing around, right. and what happens is that his fiance gets killed. He starts nosing around the lab where David Banner works, and mm-hmm. then, of course, there's the accident. He starts seeing all this destruction in the lab, and that's when his investigative reporter mm-hmm. things kind of gets going. Right. But he knows that there's something 
funny about this guy. He doesn't know exactly what. He's and the, find the fiance, Emily, was played by Olivia Barash. Okay. And this was one of the great dangling plot threads when it becomes serious. The fact that David Banner is wanted for murder is not really addressed. Actually, this movie is... Oh, and we should, of course, mention the Hulk himself. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, who previously was in the film Stay Hungry with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who was considered for this role. He was like the universe yeah. of the world. He was a world-class bodybuilder. Uh, legally deaf. Yeah, legally deaf. This movie, I liked it a lot. And even today, if it'll come on, like the science fiction channel, mm -hmm. you'd run it, I'll sit down and watch it. I like Bill Bixby. It's the most successful of the Universal pilots was probably Doctor Strange. This one was probably the second most successful. Yeah. Even though a lot has changed, it still keeps the spirit but of the character. But it still works. And of course... This is where we got the famous line that is still... You don't want... You said, you're getting yeah. me angry. You don't like me whenever... You don't want to make And, of course, angry. the famous closing credits theme. It actually has a name. It's called The Lonely Man. Now, you know, I never knew that. That... Do-do-do-do. Everybody does that yeah. gag. There was an episode of The Family Guy yes. where a Peter Griffin could play like a genius, yeah. but only when he was drunk. And so right. he says, oh, play that sad walking away music from yeah. the Grandpa. That piece of music is actually officially called The Lonely Man. That is the other thing that everybody remembers from this series. <laughs> now, what I did not know, but thanks to the Incredible Hulk television series page, that's all of this information that we gather came from three sources www.hulklibrary.com The Incredible Hulk television series page And imdb.com What I did not know And this was brought up on the Incredible Hulk television series page That three weeks later Three weeks later So I think that Universal kind of knew That this one was a little bit more special Than the other Marvel comic pilots mm -hmm. They had a second two hour TV movie Well the ratings went through the roof Yeah the ratings yeah, were very right, good yeah. It was called in its original run The Return of the Incredible Hulk But mm -hmm. it is usually incorporated into the syndication package As a two part episode called A Death in the Family Oh okay The director now was Alan Levy In addition to Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno The stars were Laurie Prang Gerald McRaney Who later went on to become both One Simon in Simon, yeah, and, Simon, Simon and Simon And Major Dad And of course the voice of Kit William Daniels. Mr. William Daniels. The plot, this I think kind of more solidified the structure of the TV series where he's on the run and he wanders into a situation. In this case, he bonds with a, a young girl who's handicapped who is an heiress. Her people who are taking care of her are applying to kill her to take her money. Don't get me wrong. The show was good. It was entertaining there, but it very quickly fell into a formula. Mm -hmm. Bruce Banner came to a town. He got a new job. Got involved with somebody right. who lived in the town. He got involved with their problem. Well, it was the standard superhero and TV series plot. This is the same sort of plot that happened with Knight Rider and with these other characters where it's just, we come into the town and, oh look, there are evil ranchers. Let's fight the evil ranchers. And because of budgetary consideration, of course, the Hulk was nowhere near as yeah. strong as he was in, in the comic books. Right. But and he was strong enough, you know, like rip trees out right. of the ground and throw guys. And Kevin Johnson was constantly fighting with CBS because he felt that, well, people are watching this show to see the Hulk. Right. So he felt that it was not fair to the viewers unless he had a minimum of two what he called Hulk out two Hulk out in every episode. In every right. episode. CBS kept trying to slash the budget. For a while, he made an arrangement so that CBS was actually paying extra money mm -hmm. to Universal for the rights to air the episodes, mm -hmm. and that money would then be passed on to the budget. It lasted for 
I didn't realize this. Five seasons. Yeah. It started out as a mid-season replacement in 1978. So the first season only had 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. It lasted through 1982. It lasted quite a while. Eventually, and this was funny because apparently CBS was going through that, if you remember in the 80s, went through that period where it was very self-conscious about its image and canceled a lot of shows that maybe it shouldn't have canceled. They informed Kevin Johnson... In mid-production, mind you, that the show was canceled effective immediately. Wow. At least he tried to finagle some money to get at least a a TV movie done to wrap everything up. Right. Because there was a two-hour season finale planned for that fifth season. They did air the seven completed episodes Mm -hmm. in 82, along with repeats to kind of like fool people and think that was a full season. That was it for... This Hulk. And this, of course, is probably when people think of the Incredible Hulk, this is what they think of. Yeah. They think of, the they think of you know, Lou Ferrigno and the green body paint. Right. And the orange shock the wig. Or- yeah, the orange hay on his yeah. head. And if you look at some of the scenes, just look at the Hulk's feet, where he's wearing green booties and right. green slippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the scenes, especially when he's got to walk over some rough right. ground. Actually, concurrently with this te- television series. Mm-hmm. Marvel Productions Limited, which was the production house that Marvel was using to put out Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends and the Pride of the X-Men pilot that we mentioned in the third Marvel at the Movie. Pride of the X-Men was passed over. Yeah. It had to be series. What they chose to do for series instead was The Incredible Hulk. Became part of an hour-long block with Spider-Man movies. Right. It was very badly abused by NBC almost from the start. <laughs> it lasted three years. Only thirteen episodes were produced, and they were dopey as all. Yeah, I remember this series. It was not yeah. impressive at all. All of the characters were there. You had Betty, and you had General Ross, and you had you know, Rick Jones, but. It's like the Hulk was fighting the Hunchback of Notre Dame and his yeah. giant pet bat. Yeah, some crap like that. Or the Cyclops, or these other weird original monsters that didn't make a lot of sense. The, the stories were very substantial. You have to wonder, was it because maybe the characters were tied up with other Marvel series, maybe yeah. some of the other villains, that they, so that's why they couldn't use them, you know? Well, I, mean, I don't understand that because... That's the only reason I can think of why they the didn't use characters my, like the Abomination yeah. or the Unicorn. Or the only other series that was being done by another company at this time they were doing uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing mm-hmm. Friends in this one was... The, remember the short-lived Spider-Woman TV show that was done by DePay's Freeling? Very short. That's the only other thing I can think of that was going on at this time. But that's the only thing I can think of why yeah. they didn't use any other villains and that remember, holding on to them right. for use in other series. Otherwise, why not use them? So yeah, only 13 episodes exist, and it wasn't very good. Very forgettable series. Jump ahead to five years. There's a big vogue at this time for reunion shows. Was it not you know, the return from Gilligan's Island, one of the highest rated shows of that year? And they got something like five movies yeah. out of five TV. The Harlem Globetrotters. Gilligan's Island, yeah. They got like five TV movies out of that. The, the only one who didn't return was... The girl who played Ginger. Right. But everybody else came back. They got the Beverly Hillbillies back right. together. It was a whole reunion. Yeah, Return to Dallas. Kevin Johnson decided he wanted in on this, went to Marvel. Marvel wanted in on the television market again. And they came up with the idea that they were going to do six Hulk movies. Right. One each year that was going to be a backdoor pilot for a different concept. For, for other Marvel I'm characters. trying to remember who the six characters were. We know that, of course, two of them were Thor and Daredevil. Daredevil. I know that three others were She-Hulk, Iron Man, okay. and Stanley created an original character called the Chameleon. Mm-hmm. 
I can't for the life of me remember who number six is. But if we get that information, yeah. we'll throw that in, into the Lothamore right. episode if we find out about Bill it. Bixby and Lou Ferrigno were glad to come back. Oh, well, absolutely. The first film to come out was the 1988, The Incredible Hulk Returns. Director was Nicholas Carrera, in addition to Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. There's a lot of television work, yeah. that guy. I, I recognize the name. The other stars were Steve Levitt. Kevin Kramer, Lee Purcell, playing yeah, the female lead, wow. and a favorite actor of ours who I don't think we've mentioned yet, Tim Thomerson. Hard to believe we haven't mentioned him, Tim Thomerson. I'm, I'm somewhat amazed because... We talk about transfers in one No, episode. no, I, I briefly mentioned that or I Dole might want to talk about transfers in, in the Christmas episode. That's what Because you it does okay, take yeah. place on Christmas. Two things I remember very clearly about Tim Thomerson as a stand-up, because he was a stand-up comedian yeah, for many years. Right, yeah. He would come on stage... With a beer in his hand. You're right. That, and he yeah. would just stand in front of the, the thing and just like look at everybody with a stupid look <laughs> on his face and just drink the beer with the smirk. Yeah. The beer drink. So the beer was finished, put it against his forehead, smash the beer can, uh-huh. throw it aside, take a moment, go up to the thing and go, good evening, ladies, and then collapse dead. <laughs> and the other thing I remember was do you remember he used to do a routine where he would summarize the searchers? In two minutes? Yeah, the John Wayne movie. Yeah, that's Gonna tie my pocket to a tree, to a tree. Gonna tie my pocket to a tree. tree. (laughs) We really like Tim Thomerson, and he's perhaps best known... He's a funny guy. ...for a series of low-budget films in association with Full Moon Pictures. Precisely the Transfers series, which I love. Well, he did, too. He did Transfers. He did Transfers, he did Doll Man. And Doll Man, yeah. And he did a, a number of other things, too. Oh, he shows up in a lot yeah. of stuff. So this is the first of the Incredible Hulk backdoor pilot. The subject of this one is Thor. Dr. Banner's working under an assumed name somewhere and he is approached by Dr. Donald Blake who is a student of his in this version who has had a problem. Namely his body is periodically taken over by a Norse warrior named Thor. This is the goofiest incarnation of Thor I've ever seen because in the original comic books as all you good comic book fans know, Dr. Donald Blake stamped his cane and what right. he did, he physically changed into Thor. In this one, he carries around Thor's hammer in a backpack. Right. And when he takes it out and lifts it, he actually summons Thor, yes. who's a completely separate entity right. from him. And then a bickering married couple. For two years now, two years, this change of mind hasn't occurred. And you know why? Because I've stayed away from people like you. And it's oh, just, man. it's a goofy film. Oh. This is a goofy film overall, I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, yeah. In comparison to the one that has Daredevil, which is actually pretty damn good. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. This one, let's even go past this one and get to the good one. Okay, The Trial <laughs> of the Incredible Hulk, 1989. From here on in, every one of these movies is directed by Bill Bixby. I mean, in addition to Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, Rex Smith plays Matt Murdock. Slash Daredevil. John Reese davies plays, he's never referred to as the Kingpin. But that's who he plays. But yeah. he's the king. Wilson Fisk. And he's surprisingly... He's, he's really good. He is good. When they finished doing this show, people asked him, well, why didn't you shave your head? It's like, oh, he's bald? He said in his interviews, if this goes to series, I promise you I will shave my head. <laughs> he's dead spot on. Yeah. The I mean, he's the kingpin. Marta Dubois and <laughs> Nancy Everhard, who later went on to be a major character in the... Now long forgotten, but I, I really liked this show when it was on. Reasonable Doubt. Mark Harmon and... The Deaf Girl. Um, Marley Matlin. Marley Matlin was the deaf 
district attorney, attorney yes. and Mark Harmon was her chief investigator. investigator. Oh, that was a great show. That was a yeah. great, and the thing I love about that show was that there were always these moments where you could see Marilyn Matlin speaking in sign to Mark Harmon, who'd be translating into Spanish to somebody else. And you see all these different languages flying around. That's part of why he got the job as his investigator, because yeah. he was fluent in sign right. language, because like his mother had been deaf. Daredevil was the character who was the... For the backdoor pilot. The backdoor this was, pilot. This was intended as a backdoor uh, pilot. Rex Smith was a well-known former teen idol who right. had become a Broadway song and dance man. And it's perhaps very famous here in New York, at least, for being in the lead of the famous Pirates of Penzance revival in the 80s with Kevin Klein. Right. The plot is Dr. Banner finds his way to New York and witnesses a sexual assault by a right-hand man of the kingpin and becomes embroiled in this having to testify. Fisk is saying, well, kill him. And keep his cool under pressure yeah. so he doesn't turn into the Hulk exactly. while he's got people killing him. And meanwhile, of course... Murdoch becomes Matt, Daredevil Matt Murdoch to protect him. Is, is, Matt Murdoch is representative of woman, yeah. so naturally he gets involved because he's trying to get Dr. Um, Banner to testify. Even though they take some liberties with Daredevil, it's surprisingly faithful. Yeah. A lot of people complain about the costume, but I always thought the costume was kind of cool. The black suit with the hood. Yeah. The yeah. only dumb thing about it is that for some reason there's a blindfold he wears across right. his eyes, which he really yeah. doesn't have, but he's got like that hood. And they have a terrific scene where they come clean with each other and they're yeah. just sitting down and they're talking and Rex Smith is telling how he became Daredevil right. and Dr. Banner's telling how he became the Hulk and it's something that you wouldn't expect to see in a superhero movie and you know? this is the one that almost went to series yeah for about a year Shelley Duvall mm. was developing Daredevil to be a live action series yeah so this one, we almost got to see John Reese davies with no hair. Red Fist was very... I was really very impressed with him as he was as Matt Murdock and right. as Daredevil. Although yeah. there were apparently a lot of complaints from the fans of the series because what do you think of when you think of The Trial of the Incredible Hulk? Most of these fans thought that this was going to finally resolve the situation with oh, Emily, yeah, well. the murder well, of the Well, they did have a scene in, where Banner does Hulk out in the corner. Yeah. Oh, he does, and he tears, tears shit up as usual. But I can understand where they're coming from. But still, this one did... Pretty well. Yes, it did. They all did. Yeah, good in the rating. In fact, contrary to what people believe, it wasn't declining ratings that caused them to discontinue the TV movie series. It was the fact that Bill Bixby got sick. Most people say, "Oh, it's just they were stupid movies and people didn't like them." No. People no, were tuning in. They were tuning in. Bill Bixby's health was steadily declining to what it was. And so we come to the last of these three movies, The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Mm. Once again, directed by Bill Bixby. Joining Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno are Andreas Katsoulis, Elizabeth Grayson, and Philip Sterling. This one, surprisingly, was not used as a backdoor pilot. It was more of a story around Dr. Banner's in Portland, He's working as a janitor. He's doing what fa- the father does in the... In, in the, in the and he's, movie, yeah. He's, he's in a lab and as a janitor because he's got and access... And after dark, he he's starts... He's got yeah. access to all of this high-tech stuff so he can look for a cure. This one... I don't know. How do you think of it about this one? I think it was a satisfying yeah. wrap-up to, I mean, to the thing because we do have the Hulk die. We do get the cure. So they do give deliver what they promise. The whole thing about the whole Hulk thing, and I think that Bill Bixby cannot be praise enough yeah. for what he brought to the whole Incredible Hulk series and movies because he always treated the material with respect. Bixby brought to the project what I thought Jennifer Connelly brought to 
the theatrical film uh-huh. is that you look in his eye and there is a great deal of humanity in his eye yeah. and a great deal of empathy and that I think caused sympathy between the viewer you know there's not anything that Bill Bixby hasn't been in that I haven't liked watching him in he's just one of those actors that you just watch him in he's totally convincing to me you remember that great TV show he did called The Magician yes where he played the guy that flew mm-hmm. he lived in the right. jumbo jet and he played yep. the magician that got out of jail and went around helping people use his magic trick oh that was a great show now, that I'd like to see them bring back instead of doing a bionic woman. Yeah. Why don't you go back and do that? Only people like us remember The Magician and everybody That's knows The Bionic Woman. I guess. They had already started pre-production on the fourth film. Because they weren't going to do a fourth with And I, I have to think that this is going to be the one they were going to introduce She-Hulk in. Yeah, when they were going to bring back uh, uh, the Incredible yeah. Hulk. It was in pre-production under two names. Depending upon who you listen to, it was going to be called either <laughs> The Rebirth of the Incredible Hulk or The Revenge of the Incredible Hulk. We don't know anything about it. All I can say is I have a, it's just a gut feeling that yeah. this was going to be the one about the She-Hulk. That only makes sense. But unfortunately, Bill Bixby got sick and died. That ended the Hulk franchise in live-action television. But not the Hulk franchise in Animation! animation. And now we get to talk about another one of my favorite people. You've heard me talk about him before. Mr. Tom Tanaranowitz. Why is he your favorite? Why? Why is he one of your favorite? Because in this series that we're about to talk about, at least the first season of this series, and the last season of the Fantastic Four and Iron Man cartoons, he did one of the most faithful versions of the Marvel Universe. Well, this is the one yeah. where they all fit into the same yeah, universe. Exactly. Iron Man and the whole... The original intention when... Marvel entered into this agreement with New World Entertainment to create the Marvel Action Hour. Right. The intention was always that you would have two series, and once you got like enough episodes that you can go into syndication, they would be replaced by a new series. Starting with the second season, there was always a pressure to kind of do backdoor pilots to test new characters out, which is why, like in the Fantastic Four, we mentioned that you had Daredevil show up. The Hulk showed up in both Iron Man and the Fantastic Four with a voice by Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. That was kind of side-railed by the fact that UPN, which had just become a network, mm-hmm. wanted to break into children's television. And their solution was, rather than go on Saturday where everybody else was competing, to do a Sunday morning. Sunday morning. They went to the Marvel film slash New World Entertainment to produce their first original series. Because the other three were syndication property. After some discussion, they decided to go with The Incredible Hulk. Tanner Anowitz is the supervising producer for the first season. Rigno plays The Hulk. A couple of other people that are familiar from the other Tanner Anowitz series. Mark Hamill played The Gremlin. Yeah. Matt Frewer played the leader. The leader, right, Matt in, Frewer, right. In that. Lisa Zane plays the She-Hulk. There's a lot of like really great voice talent, and it's the same high-quality as that final season of the Fantastic Four and the Iron Man. I, Luke Perry plays Rick Jones, too. That's the other name. Yeah, right I like The Incredible Hulk just as much as Iron Man. Iron Man was the best one yeah. to me out of all of them. I loved Iron Man. The Hulk, in terms of quality, story, faithfulness to the characters, everything that really matters. Yeah, and you're right. Tanneranowitz created what I like to refer to as the Tanneranoverse. Well, he was like the Bruce yeah, Timm exactly. of Marvel animation. So, like, yeah. for example, there was an episode where Bruce shows up at Stark Enterprises, begging Tony Stark to help him with a cure. Stark ends up having to fight off S.H.I.E.L.D., because S.H.I.E.L.D. is looking to capture the Hulk. There is an episode where the Hulk is in New York and runs into the thing, and ends up the prisoner of Doctor Doom. Okay. 
they did. And it was the same version yeah. of the character as in... The, the same. The, right, the Chuck same, McCann played right, the thing. Right. The John Reese davies right. played Thor. The version of Iron Man that you saw in the Hulk was the same version yeah. you saw in the Iron Man. When yeah. Tom, and this also bled off into the Spider-Man series that John Semper was producing, because since Tom Tanneranowitz was in charge of the Marvel Films project, when Iron Man showed up in Spider-Man... They got the same voice actor to play him. The first season was really decent, and it ended on a cliffhanger with a experiment going horribly. Weird. Oh, Rick gets <laughs> infected and becomes the Green Hulk, right? And Bruce Banner becomes the Gray Hulk. And my favorite period in the comic book Hulks was that period early on in Peter David's career where the Gray Hulk came back. Joe fix it. Yeah, Joe fix it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was really stoked for this because I was like, "Yes, they're going to do Joe. We're going to We're going to see Joe fix it. We're going to see, see the Gray Hulk. <laughs> we're going to see all this cool ass stuff." But that was the last year Tom Tanneranowitz was producer. Ah. Apparently, because New World Entertainment went under. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. Marvel decided to sign a deal with Deke. So oh. all of the Marvel films limited stuff came out of Deke from then on in. Mm-hmm. Man, does it show. Oh, yeah, they're terrible. The, the second is, season... Deke is terrible. It, it's a mishmash of stuff. Depending upon the conditions, Bruce Banner could become either the Green Hulk or the Grey Hulk. Mm-hmm. Out the window are all those cool villains and characters from the comic. Although, like, Doctor Strange shows up, and he is voiced by John Vernon, like, in the Spider-Man series. Perfect voice yeah. casting. But it's totally craptacular. Yeah, because they're cheap. Yeah, yeah. you ever seen some of the In fact, if I remember shows? correctly, the second season was called... The Incredible Hulk and She-Hulk Because mm. they decided they wanted to have She-Hulk in every episode It was not as good as that first season no, That okay. first season yeah. It's right up there with Iron and Man And why I'm sure he does have another job somewhere But why isn't Tom Tanneranowitz doing more stuff? I loved his work That's a good question Maybe we'll have to look up his email address and ask yeah. him so, yeah, I'm sure if you yeah. go on one of these websites You'll be able to find So after email. the Hulk that was, ask him. I mean there were other Of course Marvel projects and animation cause you, But almost all of them only lasted a season Because you had Silver Surfer Then you had the Avengers And you had nothing But then of course came the Marvel movie explosion of 2000 Ba-boom A few by the success of Blade. Like, The Blade movies We got Marvel movies that seem like every six months. But you guys don't know all that if you've heard the first four episodes. Yeah, so we don't have to go through all that. And they were high as a kite on their next one they were going to do that was going to be their tentpole film for 2003. The Hulk. Directed by the revered Ang Lee, who mm-hmm. was riding high on a lot of success. Yeah. He had a lot of good movies. He made. And they Crouching was, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He did The Ice Storm. Yep. The Ice, I mean, Great director. This was a guy that was considered yeah. to be a high-class, high-power And director. Ang Lee hit the ground running. He immediately announced for the role of Bruce Banner, he was casting... Australian actor Eric Bana, perhaps best known for uh, this Australian film about a biker slash author. Yeah. Other casting, and he just kept just laying them oh, down. Okay. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, who we love from The Rocketeer. And from and, Dark uh, City. And from Dark City. He was, was cast to play Betty Ross. And of course, we've talked about him before, Mr. Sam Elliott. Give it up, folks. Give it up. Played General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. They decided to bring a lot of the elements from all across the, the whole, board. The whole mindset. And they decided, among other things, to bring in the whole idea of the Bruce being the product of abusive, abusive father. father. To play that, 
Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, who I share a birthday with. Yeah, they all, well, there and you go. February 8th. Now we know uh, when I have to get him something. <laughs> the budget was at $120 million. Woo! Was the big tempo picture for Universal for that Good year. Going to go all out. The Hulk was going to be completely and if, CGI. The, and in fact, the whole teaser trailers were shown before Spider-Man. Yeah. If you remember the whole thing with Eric Bana looking into the looking into the mirror, and then you, you cut it out of the house, and this big panel explodes outward. Things started happening that made this an ill-darred project. Well, first let's just go briefly into story. Well, let me. Oh, you want to do your thing? Because the first thing that happened was they bought a big block of time on the Super Bowl before the special effects. Were oh, done. I know where you're going. Yeah, this should. So be they done, did yeah. this two-minute-long commercial. That was aired during the Super Bowl. And I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this looks like crap. Yeah. Because it was sequences from the Desert Fight. From the Desert Fight. Scott Whelan's band, Velvet Revolver, in the background, mm-hmm. singing this song that they wrote especially for the film mm-hmm. called Set Me Loose. Mm-hmm. I did not see this in the theaters based on how crappy that... Oh, I saw it in the theaters. About two days ago I saw it. Right. You were telling me you saw it. Why does everybody consider this to be the bad sheep of the family? Because the film, even though it had a strong opening weekend, it ended up grossing only $137 million. It has since been reviled as the worst Marvel film ever made. It has crippled the Marvel film output because ever since then, they have managed to rein in Sam Raimi and Brian Singer and all these other people to produce these kind of sausage-like movies. You want to get me wound up, get me talking about the Hulk. And I put the blame squarely on the fanboys, who for years have been whining and crying about, well, we get these movies, they don't treat the characters with respect, we don't get decent directors, we don't get decent actors, we don't get decent scripts. We got that in Hulk. We got top-notch special effects. We got probably one of the best casts I've ever seen in a movie of this type. You have... A world-class director. This is a guy that didn't have to a do a world-class director to do who wanted to do the he, project. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about this film is that the way that he tells the story using these wipes and these pans and these split screens is designed so that you get the feeling you're reading a, a comic, comic book, book during the movie. And who actually took the time to climb into the motion capture suit himself right. so that he could play the Hulk. Right. This was a guy who believed in his project. Didn't have to do it. He could have went and did anything right. else he wanted to do. You had all of these elements that came together. You had a story that took its time to set up the motivations of the character. You, right. you went into the psychological thing behind Bruce Banner and why he became the Hulk. And it gave you a logical a plausible updating of his origin right. instead of just being hit by the gamma rays. And contrary to what I saw in that crappy little TV spot, created a really credible CGI Hulk, which looked like Eric Bana, yeah. which acted like Eric Bana, which was just amazing to the, look at. The desert fight that you mentioned was yeah. straight out of Jack Kirby. That's it. If you read it in the early Kirby shit, that was straight out of it. I have no idea. It makes my head explode to hear the fanboys praise shit like Daredevil up the wazoo. And or, every time I complain about that, they well, say, let's, let's, oh, well, you ought to see the yeah. director's cut. Screw that. And then they say, oh, well, Hulk, terrible. Well, Hulk Hulk. Two words, Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. thank, yeah thank you. Ghost Rider, that made $600 million. Okay, let's just Hulk, talk about the plot uh, a little bit before we go, because I'm going to be railing right with you. Uh, the origin And story. we start, Bruce is a young boy. We see... A young Mr. Banner and a young Thunderbolt Ross. I don't know who they cast to play the young Sam Elliott. 
Man, he nails it. He looks just like him. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought at first it was some sort of like CGI. Like CGI. Yeah, he had to make him look younger. Something happens on a fateful day where his father is fired. Yeah. That he is repressed. And he has repressed his emotions all this time. And in fact, it has cost him the relationship he has with Betty with Ross. With Betty Ross, yeah. Played because by Jennifer Connelly. Because he can't relate. Now, I'm not who, a... Who in this one, yeah. she's a scientist yes. as well. She's not just... Thunderbolt Ross, which I approve which of. Which is something that carries over from uh, Peter David run uh, right. the comics, and also carries over from the Tom Tanner and its cartoon. Right. I'm not as big a fan of Jennifer Connelly as you are, uh-huh. but after seeing the film, I have to say she was exactly the right person because yeah. she has such sympathy in those eyes, such emotion. It's like the same thing with Bill Bixby's yeah. eyes. You can see the same thing in her. This is one of those yeah. things where you see her and then you can't say, well, I can't imagine right. anybody else playing that role. Her... Dr. Banner and another person are trying to develop human regeneration right. for medical purposes. And they've got this kind of situation that requires a combination of gamma radiation and nanotechnology, mm. what they call nanomeds in the film. Yeah. And there is, of course, the accident where Bruce gets exposed to gamma radiation after being injected with the nanomed. We find out that he has been being experimented right, on as a kid by his father. There was genetic experiments his father performed right. upon him. When he was a boy, that he because repressed. he was experimenting on himself, that he repressed the memories of, right. which come back mm-hmm. as he's become the Hulk and he's got the gamma radiation. Meanwhile, Glenn Talbot, who is <laughs> played by Josh Lucas and is here to be a dick, <laughs> just as much of a dick here as he is in a comic book, learns about this and is trying to do a hostile takeover of the company that Banner is working for. Is yeah. Working for that doesn't work out well for Glenn Talbot. With the full blessing, by the way, of Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross, Ross, who is psychotically afraid that Banner is going to. Hurt his little girl. His little girl, right. Talbot learns the hard way not to get Bruce Banner angry. Because you won't like him when, when we get to, when we see the first actual Hulk out in this yeah, film, this and he gets sent through two streets, if I remember correctly, smack through a wall. And, oh man! Meanwhile, there's this weird skeevy guy who's the janitor at this company who has these dogs following him around, poodles. A poodle and like there are two other yeah. It turns and out he like goes around yeah. and he has like a really weird conversation with Benny Ross. Yeah, he's not too sure is this guy alright? But he's been there for so long, nobody pays attention right. to him. Turns out that's Daddy Banner, and Daddy Banner decides he wants to get rid of Betty. He wants his son back. He wants his son back to finish his experimentations, yeah. and that's why he took the job there. Yep. for the same reasons as to all the high tech yep. equipment. He sends the dogs after her, who turn out to be genetically engineered with Bruce's DNA. We get to see the first big whacked out fight scene, which is the Hulk versus three monster dogs. Yeah. Admittedly, the monster poodle was a little ridiculous. <laughs> Once again, people rag on this film for this sequence, but I liked it a it lot. It was a great fight. The thing I loved about it is, it's like the first time we get to spend a lot of time with the Hulk, and we see him like, interacting with. Betty and we, because of the way they designed it to look so much like Eric Bana, mm. it's really eerie. And if you notice, in this incarnation of the Hulk, the matter he gets, not only does he get stronger, he gets, he gets bigger. Because he, like, he keeps increasing in size as the fight keeps going right, on. Yeah. Until he finally just pounds these dogs to pace. Literally. Oh, yeah. And then when he's interacting with Betty, 
You can see him. He starts getting, shrinking. You see yeah. him visibly strong. I said, whoa. I thought it was a cool touch myself. Ross decides to come in. Ross takes him away to yeah. what to is never made. Yeah, Gamma Bay. Gamma Bay decides he's going to lock him away for the rest of his life. And he, his he does. Yeah. And he tells him flat out, you're not getting out of here. Except that, of course, Glenn Talbot, who's a little pissed <laughs> off that he was sent to the hospital. Because <laughs> he shows up in a brace in his arm. Carrying, <laughs> a, carrying a heavy-duty cattle prod going, I want you to turn. Oh, I want man. you to turn. I want you to turn. Not much brains. Go ahead tell oh. In any of his incarnation, this is not a... Because his idea is, he says, either you're going to try to attack me when you're you, in which case I get to kill you, no. and I'm happy, or you hulk out, and I get to take a sample of you and patent you, in which case I'm happy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Banner has done a further experimentation on himself. It basically turns him into the old Marvel villain, the Absorbing Man. Who, for those of you who don't know, was a villain. If he touched iron, his entire body turned yes. to iron. If he touched helium, his body turned to... Which yeah. I believe happened to him once in four. Uh, he yeah, got he got stripped into turning to helium gas, and yeah, floated away. away. If he touches water, he turns into water. And he's a frequent sparring partner of the Hulk. A lot of stuff happens. There's a fight in the desert that in we've mentioned desert. more than once. It ends with this confusing-ass climax. It ends in San Francisco. Eventually, yeah. the army tracks the Hulk to San Francisco, where Betty Roth calms him down yeah. enough so that he... Because right now, he's so enraged. Right. He's like the size of King Kong. Mm-hmm. But she's able to talk him down. He turns back into Bruce Banner, and then they take him to... Some yeah. kind of lake. I have to admit, as much as I like the movie... The last 15, 20 minutes yeah. confuses don't the hell out of me. I don't Agreed. understand what and the hell is And there's this big on. fight scene with Pop and Sonny Boy, and what the fuck was going on there? I have no idea. I love this movie to death, but even I have to admit, the last 15 to 20 minutes doesn't make a lick of sense. And I've seen the movie about four or five times, and I, I just still don't, don't understand. get why people hate this movie. I really don't. I, Tom, you're asking me? I've been trying to figure it out. Because this film failed, you have certain directors who were assigned certain projects removed. Particularly yeah. the gentleman who did Down by Love. Yeah, Down uh, with, right. Down with Love. Right. With yeah, uh, you and McGregor and Renee Zellweger. Right. Was originally tacked to direct the first Fantastic Four film. Right. And he was planning on doing it as a period piece in the 60s. In the 60s, okay. But once Hulk tanked, that went out the window. They pulled him. Gave it to Tim's story because he was the flavor of the week, and what we got was what we got. And we're going to get a more generic director on the whole follow-up, which is called The Incredible Hulk. Which was originally touted as a total reboot of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Now they're saying it's not a reboot, it's just that we've recast every single person in the film. And I believe that's a bunch of bullshit. I believe they're going to reboot it because... Yeah. From what I heard, one of the complaints of the fanboys was that there wasn't enough action. Well, it wasn't meant to have a lot of action. It was meant to tell you the origin of the Hulk. It wasn't meant... uh, Granted, okay, this cast that they've managed to collect for this uh, new one is pretty good. (laughs) Got Edward Norton is playing Bruce Banner, and Liv Tyler is playing Betty Ross. Okay. William Hurt is playing General Ross. All of them are good actors. I've got nothing against them. Nothing against them. But I can't see... Anybody but Jennifer Connelly is Betty Ross right now. I definitely can't see anybody but Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is, is Thunderbolt Ross. Is right up there with J.K. Simons in terms of totally ne- channeling that character. Exactly. The thing I love about his portrayal of Thunderbolt Ross is that he's very human. Tell you everyone understand so well. why yeah. he's doing what he's doing, he, even if you don't accept And every once in a while you can see him in an off moment where you get the impression that he actively is regretting doing this to Bruce. Because he knew his father, yeah, which he, is the main thing about it. He says, well, I knew your father... And I know you. I know you ain't going to change. Yeah. You're going to be just like him. And you he's know? just so scared 
that his girl is going to be killed. And considering what we learned about Nick Nolte's character in yeah. the movie, he's got Nick a legitimate Nolte, concern. Yeah. Nick does. Nolte's character is a genuinely <laughs> scary individual. This is not a candidate for Father of the he Year. He is a genuinely... Fr- and it's great because you get two, not one, but two great villains. And both of them which have perfectly logical motivations. Right. For me, it's all about motivations. Give me a character... His motivation makes sense. You got me hooked for the movie. These guys have reasons to do what they're doing. They're right. not just scene chewing villains. They're not Norman right. Osborn from Spider Man. In fact, movie. I prefer this version of Thunderbolt Ross to the one we've seen in the comics all this year. Thank because you. I don't know if this was Elliot's Take choices or if this was Ang Lee or whoever, but whoever made these choices that made this Thunderbolt Ross deserves a lot of credit. Yes, they absolutely do. Everybody that worked on this movie yeah. deserves a lot of credit. Except for that last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. To me, it is one of the best of the Marvel movie. I will fight anybody to the death at high noon under the hot sun with rusty knives and Main Street. <laughs> I'm there. Because You're going to do it Sam Bowie style. You know the thing where they take the cloth and yeah. put it in their teeth? That's me, baby. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in there. Well, the other thing we know about this new film, The Incredible Hulk, is that they're going to use the Abomination as a villain. Although he's not going to be called the Abomination because, according to the writers, that sounds stupid. As opposed to Green Goblin, which yeah. sounds... Or, Doc uh, Ock. Or Doc Ock. So this <laughs> new character will just be referred to as Blonsky. After his, his real yeah, original Emil Blonsky. Emil Blonsky. That's not the ten pole though this year. I think they've kind of learned their lesson. I think they're they're still a little gun shy with the Hulk franchise. So that's why Iron Man is the ten pole for this year. Yeah, and deservedly so from yeah. what I've oh, seen. Man, clips I've seen. Are you going to go see this second Hulk? Yeah, I'm going to go see. It. Okay, I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It does got a good cast. It's not the cast from the first movie. Yes, I do wish they had continued. In the vein of at least the give Hulk. us Sam Elliott for but, God's yeah, sake. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Give us Sam Elliott. I'm gonna go see. Maybe I might like it as much as this one. I don't know. I don't know I until don't know. I see him. I look at the way the Marvel films have been done lately, particularly Spider-Man Three, Spider-Man Three, and Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Oh. And I don't have as much hope. I have a feeling that this is going to be much more in that vein, very dumbed down. Very lowest common denominator. Spider-Man 3 was... Oh, man, that was one of the worst movies I've seen. I wanted my mm-hmm. money back after I saw that. And Ghost Rider... Well, I, we all know how you feel about Ghost Rider. Don't get me started No, again. I'm not going to get you started again, my friend. No, no, no. And it kind of worries me that <coughs> Eva Mendez has been cast as Sans Serif in the Spirit movie. What? You didn't hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, man. Sans Serif. <laughs> they go... They, Eva Mendez. Eva uh, Mendez uh, should... Learn to act with her, the only thing that she's that's worthwhile on her. And it ain't her mouth. Best special effects in Ghost Rider. <laughs> yes, me What's the amazing plunging neckline? Yes. Yeah, kept my interest. Yeah. So to Sum bottom up. line it, the Hulk, the 2003 movie. Oh, yeah. Get over it. Listen, I don't care what anybody says. And I'm sure nobody does care what Although I say. I they're going to like what they like. But I think it's a Another little touch, though, is that Ang Lee did manage to give a tip of the hat at the very end to the TV series. Oh, yeah, TV series, yeah. Where, where they're down there in the, the jungle. At the very end in the jungle, yeah. And you hear and you see it in the, the subtitles. You're making me angry. You will not like me when I'm angry. Well, you've been waiting all morning yeah. for that because I remember reading before they were doing the production and people was asking, well, is the line going to be in there? He said, yeah, it's going to be in there. He said, trust me, I want to yeah. put it in there. Me, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best of the Marvel movies. Right. I did it. I placed it head and shoulders above stuff like Daredevil, Elektra, the first Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Forget those. This is the movie, as far as I'm concerned, what 
Marvel fans insisted for years I they wanted wish. to see. I would love And then when they got it, they just totally dismissed it. I gotta imagine what the Marvel superhero franchises would have been like if this had made money hand for fist. I have a feeling that they probably would have left Sam Raimi alone to do his Sandman. We would have gotten the period piece Fantastic Four. We would have gotten yeah. all this other cool stuff that unfortunately we're not getting. I guess the recommendation is, guys, even if you've seen it before, give it another look, for God's sake. Give it another look. Turn off the phone, turn off the internet, turn on your mind, put it in your DVD player, sit down and watch it again from a completely objective point of view. Maybe you might like it, maybe not. If not, well, what can I say? We try. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got one more stop on this. We're going to get to recording for a while. We're going to go potpourri style and cover some And of we're going to try to cover as much as the other Marvel movies. That well, we're definitely, made. we know we're definitely covering Daredevil, we're definitely covering yeah. The Punisher. I'm going to try to get the original Punisher film with Dolph Lundgren okay. on DVD. We'll, we'll be talking about the really weird-ass Captain America movie. Yeah. That Albert Pion, uh, Albert Pion, the director who, for some reason, has gotten worse with every film, not better. And also we're going to talk about the made-for-TV movie Captain yeah. America with Red Brown. Oh, God, those were brutal. Yeah, Are we going to talk about the, the Marvel direct, direct animation stuff? If we do, then we're going to have to have another episode. Well, no, there's only been four out there. What have it been? There have been the two Avenger movies, the Doctor Strange, and... Well, basically we'll be doing... And a, Iron Man. Yeah, well, Iron Man was dire. <laughs> Iron Man was just dire. Uh-huh. Just trust me on that. Uh, yeah, well, I can believe it. Um, and Ultimate Avengers, I mean, I saw them, and they were all right, but they didn't really particularly... We'll cover a bunch of stuff, and, and maybe we'll make it an extra As a matter of fact, I'd rather wait until the Iron Man movie comes out, right. and we could do the animated Iron Man, and then mm-hmm. we can do the live-action right. one. We can do them together. So maybe we can make this final one a little bit larger. Or maybe what'll right. even happen is that our loyal fans who have been listening to us all this time will email us and let us know what they think. You that realize, we you do. know what? They're going to want us to do that Nick Fury Agent of Shield movie. Oh, I love that movie. That's not a problem. That, yeah, okay, that's not bad. That wasn't a, a terrible one. Not like the Generation X movie they did. But unless you tell them how they can get in touch with us, that's they will a good know point. how to email us and get in touch with us to tell us what they want us to do. And transition. There are a number of things you can do. The most important thing you can do is send us an email at better in the dark. That's better the letter N the dark at gmail.com. You can join our Yahoo message group at movies.yahoo.com backslash groups backslash better in the dark. You can uh, become our friend on Podomatic. You can go to Podcast Alley and download us and vote for us. Remember, remember to vote for us every month. You could become uh, our friends on uh, MySpace or on Facebook. There's lots of ways to do that, so there you go. Yeah. Got one more Marvel at the Movies, but until then, no matter whether you love it or you hate it, And please give this movie another chance, people. (laughs) I don't understand why you think it sucks. You're taking crazy pills! (laughs) Take a deep breath, Todd. Take a deep breath. And until next time, I'm Derek Ferguson. And I'm Tom DJ. And whatever you do, go go see see that that movie. movie. Good night. Take care. God bless. Oh, Mr. Mr. McGee, your newspaper... Is only interested in reporting murder, rape, horoscopes, UFOs, and Farrah Fawcett. I don't happen to fit into any of those categories. You've been listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas E.J. and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go out to the Incredible Hulk TV show page, the Hulk Library, and the members of the Better in the Dark Yahoo group at movies.groups.yahoo.com backslash group backslash Better in the Dark. 
Better in the Dark wouldn't like you when you're angry, so by all means, please calm down. Previous episodes for the show can be downloaded from betterinthedark.podomatic.com. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, and pipe bombs to betterinthedark at gmail.com. That's better, the letter N, the dark, at gmail.com. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation. All material copyright Thomas C.J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that skeevy janitors who love their dogs are probably not good candidates for your new best friend. I don't think you're going to like me when I'm angry.